chapter ten of my life the story of a provincial by anton chekhov translated by constance garnett eighteen sixty one to nineteen forty six this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine chapter ten two days later she sent me to dubechnia and i was unutterably delighted to go as i walked towards the station and afterwards as i was sitting in the train i kept laughing from no apparent cause and people looked at me as though i were drunk snow was falling and there were still frosts in the mornings but the roads were already dark coloured and rooks hovered over them cawing at first i had intended to fit up an abode for us two masha and me in the lodge at the side opposite madame chepreckoff's lodge but it appeared that the doves and the ducks had been living there for a long time and it was impossible to clean it without destroying a great number of nests there was nothing for it but to live in the comfortless rooms of the big house with the sun-blinds the peasants called the house the palace there were more than twenty rooms in it and the only furniture was a piano and a child's armchair lying in the attic and if masha had brought all her furniture from the town we should even then have been unable to get rid of the impression of immense emptiness and cold i picked out three small rooms with windows looking into the garden and worked from early morning till night setting them to rights putting in new panes papering the walls filling up the holes and chinks in the floors it was easy pleasant work i was continually running to the river to see whether the ice were not going i kept fancying that starlings were flying and at night thinking of masha i listened with an unutterably sweet feeling with clutching delight to the noise of the rats and the wind droning and knocking above the ceiling it seemed as though some old house spirit were coughing in the attic the snow was deep a great deal had fallen even at the end of march but it melted quickly as though by magic and the spring floods passed in a tumultuous rush so that by the beginning of april the starlings were already noisy and yellow butterflies were flying in the garden it was exquisite weather every day towards evening i used to walk to the town to meet masha and what a delight it was to walk with bare feet along the gradually drying still soft road halfway i used to sit down and look towards the town not venturing to go near it the sight of it troubled me i kept wondering how the people i knew would behave to me when they heard of my love what would my father say what troubled me particularly was the thought that my life was more complicated and that i had completely lost all power to set it right and that like a balloon it was bearing me away god knows whither i no longer considered the problem how to earn my daily bread how to live but thought about i really don't know what masha used to come in a carriage i used to get in with her and we drove to dubechnia feeling light-hearted and free or after waiting till the sun had set i would go back dissatisfied and dreary wondering why masha had not come at the gate or in the garden i would be met by a sweet unexpected apparition it was she it would turn out that she had come by rail and had walked from the station what a festival it was in a simple woollen dress with a kerchief on her head with a modest sunshade but laced in slender in expensive foreign boots it was a talented actress playing the part of a little work-girl we looked round our domain and decided which should be her room and which mine where we would have our avenue our kitchen garden our beehives we already had hens ducks and geese which we loved because they were ours 
we had all ready for sowing oats clover timothy grass buckwheat and vegetable seeds and we always looked at all these stores and discussed at length the crop we might get and everything masha said to me seemed extraordinarily clever and fine this was the happiest time of my life soon after st thomas's week we were married at our parish church in the valley of kurilovka two miles from dubechnia masha wanted everything to be done quietly at her wish our best men were peasant lads the sacristan sang alone and we came back from the church in a small jolting chaise which she drove herself our only guest from the town was my sister cleopatra to whom masha sent a note three days before the wedding my sister came in a white dress and wore gloves during the wedding she cried quietly from joy and tenderness her expression was motherly and infinitely kind she was intoxicated with our happiness and smiled as though she were absorbing a sweet delirium and looking at her during our wedding i realized that for her there was nothing in the world higher than love earthly love and that she was dreaming of it secretly timidly but continually and passionately she embraced and kissed masha and not knowing how to express her rapture said to her of me he is good he is very good before she went away she changed into her ordinary dress and drew me into the garden to talk to me alone father is very much hurt she said that you have written nothing to him you ought to have asked for his blessing but in reality he is very much pleased he says that this marriage will raise you in the eyes of all society and that under the influence of maria victorovna you will begin to take a more serious view of life we talk of nothing but you in the evenings now and yesterday he actually used the expression our missile that pleased me it seems as though he had some plan in his mind and i fancy he wants to set you an example of magnanimity and be the first to speak of reconciliation it is very possible he may come here to see you in a day or two she hurriedly made the sign of the cross over me several times and said well god be with you be happy anyuta blagovo is a very clever girl she says about your marriage that god is sending you a fresh ordeal to be sure married life does not bring only joy but suffering too that's bound to be so masha and i walked a couple of miles to see her on her way we walked back slowly and in silence as though we were resting masha held my hand my heart felt light and i had no inclination to talk about love we had become closer and more akin now that we were married and we felt that nothing now could separate us your sister is a nice creature said masha but it seems as though she had been tormented for years your father must be a terrible man i began telling her how my sister and i had been brought up and what a senseless torture our childhood had really been when she heard how my father had so lately beaten me she shuddered and drew closer to me don't tell me any more she said it's horrible now she never left me we lived together in the three rooms in the big house and in the evenings we bolted the door which led to the empty part of the house as though someone were living there whom we did not know and were afraid of i got up early at dawn and immediately set to work of some sort i mended the carts made paths in the garden dug the flower-beds painted the roof of the house when the time came to sow the oats i tried to plough the ground over again to harrow and to sow and i did it all conscientiously keeping up with our labourer i was worn out the rain and the cold wind made my face and feet burn for hours afterwards i dreamed of ploughed land at night but field labour did not attract me 
i did not understand farming and i did not care for it it was perhaps because my forefathers had not been tillers of the soil and the very blood that flowed in my veins was purely of the city i loved nature tenderly i loved the fields and meadows and kitchen gardens but the peasant who turned up the soil with his plough and urged on his pitiful horse wet and tattered with his craning neck was to me the expression of coarse savage ugly force and every time i looked at his uncouth movements i involuntarily began thinking of the legendary life of the remote past before men knew the use of fire the fierce bull that ran with the peasant's herd and the horses when they dashed about the village stamping their hoofs moved me to fear and everything rather big strong and angry whether it was the ram with its horns the gander or the yard-dog seemed to me the expression of the same coarse savage force this mood was particularly strong in me in bad weather when heavy clouds were hanging over the black ploughed land above all when i was ploughing or sowing and two or three people stood looking how i was doing it i had not the feeling that this work was inevitable and obligatory and it seemed to me that i was amusing myself i preferred doing something in the yard and there was nothing i liked so much as painting the roof i used to walk through the garden and the meadow to our mill it was let to a peasant of kurilovka called stepan a handsome dark fellow with a thick black beard who looked very strong he did not like the miller's work and looked upon it as dreary and unprofitable and only lived at the mill in order not to live at home he was a leather worker and was always surrounded by a pleasant smell of tar and leather he was not fond of talking he was listless and sluggish and was always sitting in the doorway or on the river-bank humming ululu his wife and mother-in-law both white-faced languid and meek used sometimes to come from kirilovka to see him they made low bows to him and addressed him formally stepan petrovitch while he went on sitting on the river-bank softly humming ululu without responding by word or movement to their bows one hour and then a second would pass in silence his mother-in-law and wife after whispering together would get up and gaze at him for some time expecting him to look round then they would make a low bow and in sugary chanting voices say good-bye stepan petrovitch and they would go away after that stepan picking up the parcel they had left containing cracknels or a shirt would heave a sigh and say winking in their direction the female sex the mill with two sets of millstones worked day and night i used to help stepan i liked the work and when he went off i was glad to stay and take his place end of chapter ten recording by expatriate in bangor maine